You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Forest. I'm your host, Cameron lemons Debro. Another Across the Aisle series. It's Virginia Tech week, a week that's always giving Wake Forest fans a little bit of consternation given the fact that they haven't won in Blacksburg since 1983, if which I learned earlier this year, this week. Yeah. Um, obviously, I needed to reach across the aisle and find someone to talk about Virginia Tech with. Doug Bowman from uh, from our Virginia Tech site has decided to join, uh, join the podcast. Doug, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I didn't realize that it's been that long for Wake and Blacksburg, but yeah. I guess... Especially with the new schedule and stuff, I guess they're going to get a little, a few more chances at least. Right. That will, you know, until six months from now when we right. have to redo <laughs> all of this. True. Yeah. Uh, so, so, Doug, just kind of kicking things off, I always like asking, you know, how did you get involved with writing about Virginia Tech? Uh, I've actually been doing it since 2007 ish. Um, I think Tyrod Taylor's first year at Virginia Tech was my first year. So, okay. I mean, there's not much story. I just <laughs> yeah. stay. I was actually with the rivals site um, initially, and they were looking for help. So I offered. I was like, "Hey, I'll I'll do it." And here we are, 16 years later. <laughs> you know, so over those 16 years, obviously, we're not exactly in the Michael Vick, Tyrod Taylor era of Virginia Tech. You know, what have you seen under Brent Pry that's given you a little bit of pause, and also giving you a little bit of okay, this guy might be the guy for the future. Uh, I think so far it's been encouraging um, coming off. Clearly the results on the field aren't quite there. Um, he's still doing the things that you, that you want and expect. Um, I, I think really it's been a, you know, this year in particular, they've really struggled with the run defense, which has been a surprise. Um, and then the quarterback play first with Grant Wells, now with Kyron Jones, that's something Virginia Tech struggled, you know, going back to, the end of the Tyrod Taylor era, basically Tech just hasn't found the right quarterback. They had it for a little bit with Hendon Hooker, but obviously <laughs> he left. Um, so that's is that, really like, is that, is that an awkward point for Virginia Tech fans? <laughs> don't, bring, don't bring up Hendon Hooker. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, those have been the big probably concerns from this year, but overall, I mean, Pry was handed a roster that was pretty shallow and, um, especially on depth, and it still is. It's still um, even after their transfer portal additions. This off season, is still, you know, once you get into that second and third level, it's a young and inexperienced, and, and there's not much depth. So, really, for Pride, it's just been about trying to rebuild the roster as quickly as possible. And you talked about you know, not having a whole lot of depth. When I'm going through the roster and the depth chart, that really stands out to me at offensive line. Uh, it's a very, very, very or young and inexperienced yeah. offensive line. 
what's been how how they progressed since you know week one. Um, <laughs> I'd I'd say the run the run blocking has gotten better. Um, but they were, but that's a low bar to clear. Um, there was <laughs> there was no running room um, for Bayshel to early in the first couple of games in particular. Um, Kyron Jones taking over quarterback definitely helped them generate more of a rushing attack so that helped the offensive line a little bit and then you know I do think that you're seeing some development um, but it's still not a great offensive line by any stretch um, the youth is there there's a lot of, they, they allow a lot of plays in the defensive backfield and like it's not even good defensive plays they just run <laughs> past blockers and don't miss blocks and ignore guys and it's it's been um it's been quite a journey up front for virginia tech's offensive line um but like you talked about xavier chaplin the left tackle came into this year with 27 snaps under his belt um braylon moore the left guard only played in four games last year before taking a red shirt um there's a lot of they're not as experienced as as they as they wanted to be and they're just kind of rolling with it you know, and I feel like that gets to you have a guy in Basial Tutin in the backfield that just won, you know, I think special teams player of the week for the ACC. Honestly, has been one of my favorite players when I've been watching a lot of the ACC. How has he sort of progressed dealing with? I think he was banked up for about a week, week or two, and also playing behind a, a younger line. Has it hampered his production? And can you still see flashes there of what the staff saw? Oh yeah, the flashes are definitely there, and. You know, that was kind of the story the first two weeks of the year was he had zero room to run and he was he was essentially turning like three yard losses into zero yard losses because he'd make like three people miss and get back Ooh. to the line of scrimmage. <laughs> so it was like it was kind of, I mean, you could see if if he got any kind of blocking the, the potential there. Um, he, he forces a lot of missed tackles, um, really elusive guy. And they're they're trying to get him the ball now 20, 25 times a game, either through on the ground or through the passing passing attack. But, um, you know, that's – I'm not sure why it took him that long to, to, <laughs> to, to, to decide that, like, he's the best skill position player, the most dangerous skill position player, and they should get him the ball as much as possible. Um, but, you know, that's, that's something that has improved, um, like I said, with the run blocking improving marginally. He, he, right. He's gotten – he's gotten some – more running running lanes to to attack but i mean it's not it's, you look at the numbers it's still not enough but right. it's been enough like like you said he, if anyone watches him can see the talent clearly um in terms of his ability with the ball right so i mean it's it's been kind of a interesting start at quarterback and it's this goes tied to the running game of it felt it feels like at first Virginia Tech wanted to be a little more balanced, if not maybe lean more towards the passing offense, especially with Grant Wells being the starter, Ali Jennings, Jalen Lane. Uh, you had what felt like a much better wide receiver and tight end core than it was last year. I know the bar was also low, but Ali Jennings yeah. is one of the one of the better players in the ACC when he's healthy. Then now you see Grant Wells going down, you see Jennings going down, and up steps you know a guy in Kyron Drones. What's been the story with him in terms of like him, his growth as a passer? We see his his legs, but he feels like a different person than he was at Baylor. Yeah, he's been um, surprisingly effective. I think I think a lot of people had low expectations for where he was as a quarterback, and he's definitely 
up and down, inconsistent, could go, you know, <laughs> any throw could be on the money right. or, or, or not. Um, he's got a long way to go to become like a, you know, a legitimate passing threat. But right. um, Tech seems to have figured out and made some adjustments to their passing scheme to open things up for them and make things a little easier. And, and that, depending on depending on the week, again, because of his inconsistency, it could either be really good like it was against Pittsburgh um, or he can struggle a little bit like he did against Marshall. Um, he brings a lot from a running game perspective um, in terms of picking up positive yardage and, and, and just adding an, another number for Tech's rushing attack. And I think that's probably where Virginia Tech's offense is at its best when drones and Tootin are are running the ball the most most of the time and they're only throwing basically when necessary. Um, against Pittsburgh, they ran it 59 times and threw 19 passes. Like those are the that's the ratio that they would <laughs> love to get to consistently. Oh. But um, you know, him him as a passer, it's up and down. Um, he throws some good balls. He can hit some open targets, but it's not it's not consistent and it's not not something you want to rely on. If Virginia Tech gets down considerably and has to play catch up through the pass, that's that's a problem. Right. We'll, we'll touch on the, the kind of slow start and getting down in a second. Yeah. It it, feel, it feels like there's been some sort of triple option concepts with this sort of team. Is that something that was expected coming in, or was that just kind of seeing personnel, seeing guys go down and go, hey, this is our best chance to stay in games? Uh, I don't know if it was expected, but we pro- we probably should have. They brought in Brent Davis, who was the offensive coordinator at Army until um, until this year. They brought him in the offseason as like an analyst, and I think right. you're definitely seeing some of his influence um, come through in the offense, especially recently. Starting with that Pittsburgh game, that seems like they made some considerable changes to how they were calling the offense, and I think that's part of his influence and part of um, Tyler Bro and the offensive coordinator figuring out that it wasn't working in the first four weeks and they needed to do something different. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that's a, a, a decent chunk of their offense. You'll see a lot of, or I don't want to say a lot, but a, a good amount of triple option kind of looks from the shotgun with drones. Right. And I think that does a good job of, it's a, it's a difficult play to run, but it's still just read this, read this, you know, and, and, two running plays basically built in so right you know kicking things over to the defense i feel like i have to start with the run defense of <laughs> yep it's down to down it feels like the virginia tech defense all as a whole has been really good but the run defense is i don't think calling it suspect at this point is necessarily that's fair. generous <laughs> yeah <laughs> um I, I see guys just i see linebackers just missing gaps at this point like, it just feels like yep. elementary stuff's going on what what's happening? Is it is it coaching? <laughs> is it experience combination? Uh, I think it's a com- I think it is a combination of several things. Um, they definitely, you know, it's kind of weird. They they do a really good job for most of the game. Like <laughs> if, you, if you carry the ball thirty five times, thirty of them Virginia Tech's probably going to do a good job against the run, but the other five are going to go for touchdowns, <laughs> um, which has been a big problem. They, they give up, they gave up two long touchdowns to Trey Benson last week at Florida state. They gave up a couple long touchdowns to Rasheen Ali at Marshall. They gave up long touchdowns at Rutgers. It's, it's, it's not the, it's not most of the plays. It's just a few of the plays. And when they break, they, they're like tech doesn't even touch them. Um, and it's that it's the, it's the run fits and the gap fills by the linebackers and it's, 
Texas had injury problems at safety, which um, has, has been a problem. But definitely the linebackers have struggled. Um, they're playing at Alan Tisdale at Mike. Um, he's not a Mike linebacker. He's, this is his <laughs> this is a sixth year at Virginia Tech and his first year at Mike linebacker. So uh, the, he, he's playing there because they don't have anybody better. Um, and you would expect even as a sixth year that he would, you know, be a more advanced be be at, be at least able to step into the right gap um so that's something they're constantly working on um but here we are six weeks into the season and it's still <laughs> happening so it's it's kind of getting to a point where you're like this is this is probably the virginia tech defense this year it's a personnel thing and until they can get to the off season and and bring in another Mike linebacker, bring in more help there. Like it's probably not going to change, although they would love to see it change. Right. Yeah. On the positive side, the past defense seems like it's been solid in terms of just the yardage down, down that feels good. I think we felt as if the, the going to season, the corners and the safeties would be more of the strength of this defense. Has it been sort of a thing of people just haven't been passing on them or has it also been, they've been very very good when people have tried to pass on them i think it's both um tech hasn't tech has played some uh passing attacks that just haven't tested them odu um ruckers marshalls <laughs> pittsburgh especially um just like not capable of testing them but it is virginia tech strength as a defense um monsoor Dwayne, dorian strong Derek canteen um is a transfer they got from georgia southern they're they're the corners traditionally, right? And they're really they're they're really good players. And that's and if they're if they're playing corner, they, um, you know, I think Tech feels extremely comfortable with with them out there in their matchup most weeks. Um, I talked about the safety issues earlier. Nasir Peoples has been hurt. Jalen Stroman's got thrown out for targeting for the second time this year last <laughs> week. So so he's out the first week of this week's game first half, yeah. uh, first half. Um, so, so when that happens, Monsoor Delane moves from corner to safety right? and it takes him away from corner to shore up the safe. So, you know, they still have strong and canteen um, to, to backfill that spot, but it's just created some, you know, it's, it's not what I would say Virginia tech's best secondary lineup is. It's just, it's one of the plan B plan C's and, they obviously want to get back to plan A. If if they can get people's back healthy and keep Stroman on the field, that would be ideal. <laughs> um, but they just haven't been able to get there yet. And then, and then the, safety, the safety position has been a disaster um, in the run game as well. Jalen Jones played there the first few weeks of the year. He's been banged up recently, but he was the, the main culprit of the struggles. And, and he played wide receiver until the spring. So <laughs> it's not surprising. So kind of taking a step back big picture wise, how has the season gone towards expectations? Has it felt like it's been right there? I mean, they've they've been in some games that, you know, maybe they they shouldn't have been or maybe they have been, you know, is it living up to expectations and where does it kind of go from here? Uh, I think it's been slightly below expectations, um, especially at September. You look at that stretch against Rutgers, I mean, against Purdue, Rutgers and Marshall and they lost all three and I think heading into the season you wanted to get one or two of those at least and, and they they come out and they start the year one and one and three because of those because of those games and I, I don't think anybody expected the run defense to be this bad um Brent Pry 
made his career as one of the better defensive coordinators in the country. Um, Tech has pride. Their defensive coordinator, Chris Marv, is a linebackers coach. They had had a third linebackers coach, Sean Quinn. They have an analyst, Xavier Deby, who is one of the best linebacker coaches in Virginia Tech history on the staff. They have plenty of resources (laughs) to have good linebacker play. It just hasn't happened. So I think that aspect – is a, is a surprise. And then I think everybody expected the offensive line to be as shaky as it's been, be as suspect, terrible as it's been. Right. Um, but let me rephrase. They thought it was going to be a problem, but not this much of a problem. Ben not break. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just broken. It's just, it doesn't bend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bending not breaking leads to the red zone, and we'll start with the offense at least. So the offense, right right now, I believe it's tied for 76th in red zone offense, obviously better than Wake. Is that about where you think this team should be? Are they missing some opportunities down there, or is it just that, that feels about right? I think that feels about right for this offense. Um, it's just an inconsistent offense. I talked about Jones as a passer, his – you know, he's he's inconsistent as a passer. You're going to be inconsistent when that field shrinks. Yeah. Um, losing Ali Jennings definitely hurts. He's he's he was a, he can make a one on one play for you. Right. Um, Jalen Lane, one of the other transfers, he's probably the best receiver playing for them right now. He he pulled his hammy against one of the earlier games and right. missed missed that one. I think it was Purdue, and then he missed the following week. So there, you know, I, I just don't think that with an inconsistent passer and an offensive line that struggled when, when the field compresses and it gets, it gets tougher to score down there. This is not an offense that is built to do that. They want that. I mean, I think they're what 50% touchdowns in yeah. the red zone this year, which is yeah. brutal. Um, and um, yeah, I, I just think it's a, it, it, the, their best option is to run the ball with drones and Tootin, but, everybody knows that so it gets even tougher in the red zone so um that's definitely something they're they need to improve on if they want to you know in the back half of this year and obviously i feel like the worst part of the virginia tech team right now is their red zone defense giving up a hundred percent a hundred percent of their opportunities on 14 14 opportunities you know i feel like it should be either a one or the other either you're giving up a bunch of long touchdowns or you're giving up stuff in the red zone and, and being fine down to down does that feel about right, or is that feel like an anomaly right now? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I was thinking about that earlier this week. It's like, is this is there going to be a regression to the mean almost? So like, that can't continue all year, right? Um, but who knows? I mean, it's just been you know, it's another another example of just a you know a shaky defense. Their their safety play, I think, shows up in the red zone when you're when you're struggling at safety or you're on your third or fourth safety, I think that's a big part of, you know, that back end coverage in the red zone, the linebacker play as well. Um, yeah, it's, that's, I think that's, especially for a team that lost to Purdue by seven, to Rutgers by seven, I mean, to Marshall by seven, like those kind of the stuff around the edges of, of the games, the the red zone scoring, the third downs, and all that stuff for Jane Tech hasn't done well enough to win those close games. Right. It's it, it's kind of felt weird that Virginia to these to me that Virginia Tech's played so many close games just because of how many slow starts there's been, and it's been on both sides of the ball. It's been I, what last week Virginia Tech went down twenty two to nothing 
against Rutgers, it was, I think in all three of their losses, they've been down 11 plus points. And how does, how does one stop that from happening? Is that something that's just going to keep happening? Does it take, you know, a quarter of adjustments for, for things to shape up? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Great question. Um, Something they're trying to figure out, you know, they, they had a couple good offensive starts from, from, drones touchdown runs against um Rutgers and Marshall but other than that and then drones threw a big touchdown pass early against Pittsburgh to set the tone um for that win but then you talked about you know Purdue they were down 17 up and Rutgers I think was like 21 to 3 at half um Florida State last week so they've got to figure out a way to to play better early it's, but you know knowing what we've talked about with drones like this is not an offense that can play catch up it's not a like if Jones is having to throw put the ball in the air consistently to to, to try and come back. That's not a it's not an advantageous situation for Virginia <laughs> Tech. Um, so they've got to figure some some way out to get off to a better start more consistently for sure. Um, and certainly didn't happen last week. Doug, you know, only a couple more for you. What what is one thing that BT can do and can't do in terms of? this sort of this sort of game if they want to because I feel like this is a make or break game for both sides of if either team wants to make a bowl they've got to win this game yeah absolutely um I I think Tech cannot turn the ball over um this is not not like just what I've been saying this is not an (laughs) offense that can afford to give away possessions um and, and so there's just not any margin for error for Virginia Tech um in that department they've got to play a clean game there um I think it's going to be a really, really another close, tight game. One one score probably either way, and you're talking plus one or plus two in the turnover margin either way probably probably gets you the win. So um, drones as a passer, that's still a concern. Um, they put the ball on the turf at all, uh, you know, especially at home where they feel good about you know coming off a 38-21 win over Pitt. Like right. I feel, I think they feel good about their about how they're playing at home now, but I mean, turnovers just changed the game completely. Uh, you know, last question for you. What do you think happens? I keep saying this is going to be a game that it'll be over in two and a half hours and absolutely no one should be surprised. Both teams are going to try yeah. to run the hell out of the ball. What do you, what do you think is going to happen here? Yeah. I, th- I think it's a, like I said, I think it's a really close game that goes either way. Um, I do like, Virginia Tech's chances at home. Um, yeah. I think their pass rush is good enough to get to Mitch Griffiths, and he's he struggled in that department this year. Yeah. And I think playing at home is, you know, that kind of builds that the impact of that. And if they can, if they can, you know, rush him en- enough to keep them behind the sticks and get them off schedule, I think they have a pretty good chance of of coming away with a win. I see it in the twenties though for both teams. Yeah. Um, I I know I was looking at like FEI and SP plus has it like 23, 26, 25, 24, something (laughs) around there. And I'm like, that sounds perfect. (laughs) That is on the money. Um, So I don't know. It's two flawed teams that it's probably going to be a little bit of a roller coaster of a game. Um, (laughs) Wake hasn't started strong in, in some of their games this year either. So that first quarter, I think it's, critical and like who has the who has the early edge you can kind of dictate the rest of the game um i think i'm going virginia tech by three but 
it's a toss up. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, no one feels confident in, right. in any sort of way. <laughs> I, I <don't> <laughs> you could tell me anything in the twenties for either team going anyway, and I'd be like, yeah, probably. Yeah, checks out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Doug, this was great. Where can the Wake Forest faithful find you? Uh, I'm on X, uh, Twitter, <laughs> uh, Doug Bowman 24 7. Um, you can read my stuff. I'll have my game preview done um, in a little bit today. On We're recording this Wednesday morning. So, um, that'll be on vtscoop.com. Right. No, thank you so much. As always, good eats.